You're listening to Gamers in Hot Tubs Talking Nerd Life, conversational podcasts about the positive impact video games have had on our lives. Recorded live on Kick from a hot tub in the game Palia, this is Episode 3, with our special guests Scoopy Twos and Mama Samurai, covering topics such as our earliest games, the influence of online interaction, and the Game Awards. If you'd like to support the podcast or be a guest on an upcoming episode, please be sure to like, follow, subscribe, and leave a review. And visit our Beacons page at beacons.ai slash hottubgamers. You can follow both of us on Kick at Bad Wolf Rose and Plaid Baron, respectively. Without further ado, here's episode three. This is really bad. <clears throat> it might be for the fact that you ate an entire tub of... I didn't eat an entire tub yet. You ate the whole hot tub? What? Nope. A tired tub, tub of what? <laughs> <laughs> We're sharing a tub of rice pudding right now. Mm. <laughs> well, welcome in, guys. Thank you for having us. <laughs> I appreciate you guys being here. Um, this Uh-oh. is... <laughs> <laughs> this is going well, is what this is. <laughs> I got it. It's fine. <laughs> Again, I blame Palia. We should petition oh, them. Sentence got all right. It's fine. Everything's okay. This is normal. <laughs> Everything's fine. This is fine. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, welcome in, guys. This is Gamers and Hot Tubs Talking Nerd Life, and we are recording uh, live on Kick in Palia in a hot tub, and this is episode three. Uh, my name is Kaylee, better known as Bad Wolf, Rose, or Rose. And I am Danny, better known as Plaid Baron. And we are here today with our friends, um, Mama Samurai and Scoopy Twos. Welcome in, guys. What up, what up? Hello. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Sure. I am Scott, also known as Scoopy Twos. I am Mama Samurai, known as Sam. And we are both variety streamers playing in the realm of Palia fantasy style. I play a lot of FPS and survival games. I play a lot of horror and cozy games, as I like to call it. One extreme or the other. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> horror and cozy definitely go together. That's that's they absolutely the do. same audience. <laughs> my phone just died on me, so I can't see my format. Oh no. <laughs> I apologize. So you got to take it away for a second. Okay. <laughs> Yay. Open format. So how long have you guys known each other? Uh, we have been together for a little over nine months now. Oh, wow. um, however, the story is a little bit more funny than that. Would you like to tell it, Sam? No, you got it. All right. So uh, we met using the interwebs. Facebook dating is going to be how we officially met. Uh, however, we matched on Tinder a while ago, and she ghosted me times. three times. <laughs> and now now that we are together, she is attached to my hip. That's adorable. It is. I love it. <laughs> All right, so you guys sort of floated around each other for a little while. How did it all get locked in? I'll let her go with this one. Nope, you got it. Why, why is it always me? Because uh, you're, the one, sit, that, you're the one that moved it forward. She's trying to escape. She's guys. trying to run away here. <laughs> we just made her uncomfortable. She's like, I'm leaving. 
<laughs> it's bothering me that I wasn't in my own space. Um, we kind of matched uh, on Facebook dating, and I was like, I know you somehow. And I couldn't remember exactly how, and then I was like, wait a minute. I definitely... You, you ghosted me on, uh, on on Tinder more than once. So we just started chatting, just, you know, casual talk. Found out she played video games. It was about the same time that I, like, started really getting into video games again as well. From there, we just kind of talked more and more. She kept saying, I want to I hang out. However, she never wanted to actually hang out. So three months goes by, and then finally I'm like, we hanging out or not? And she was like, yes. No, that's not how that went. It's exactly how it went. No, it's not. <laughs> So we had FaceTime for, like, what was it, the second, third time? Yeah. And he was trying to figure out where the fuck I lived. (laughs) And I had my window open because it was cold and he heard a train. So he was like, you live near a train station. So he was looking up train stations in New Jersey. (laughs) He was like, is it this train station? And it was the correct one. I was like, shit. I was like, well, here's my address. Wow. That's how that went. He, like, triangulated your position based on the sound of a train and, and what, like, yes. the location of the sun and the shadows in your room in order to... Yes! <laughs> yeah, so I'm really good at Call of Duty, and when, you know, we had that train in Verdansk, like, it just, it really got me situated for, for our, this relationship. Oh my god. It's like an extra level of like stalker. <laughs> I was gonna say. This it sounds was really very stalker healthy. because like I gave him hints. Yeah, oh she God. was giving me hints, and I, I was I, like, "This is my street address. Good luck finding the number." I promise it's not as creepy as it sounds. If it was creepy, we wouldn't be together. Uh, yeah, I, I think you'd still be ghosting him at that point. Yeah, he would be blocked. Although, at, at what point would he actually get the hint? <laughs> <laughs> the second time. <laughs> <laughs> the second time she ghosted me, I started wondering, like, maybe if I wasn't worth it. But then the third time I was like, ah, oh, no, nah, she's just playing hard to get. Well, he started sitting in my Twitch streams and I could see who sits in my <laughs> Twitch streams. because I would look and see who was in there. He'd be sitting in there for hours, but not saying anything. That's not entirely true. Yes, it, it is. Hours. It was like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was hours. You would pop in every couple minutes. Yes, it is, because I saw you. (laughs) She's yelling at me. I saw him, so he's lying. That's adorable. Gentlemen, let this be a hint to all of you. Stay persistent. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun being pursued as a woman. It's not fun when the boy ghosts you. And like stuff like this, I think, personally, is entertaining. (laughs) I think it kind of all depends on... Who is pursuing you, though? That like. is true. That is extremely true. Because <laughs> that level of stalker could be really weird. Right. There's there's some <laughs> levels of chase that are fun and enjoyable, and there's some levels of chase that are like, I need to call the police. <laughs> well, it was, it was funny because I was telling my best friend about Scoopy. I said, we're going to meet soon. And I was like, I can guarantee you this man is going to be mine. Those are my exact words to her. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. So it was like a mutual obsession oh yes i was very <laughs> obsessed before he even knew i was obsessed that's hilarious i wouldn't have known <laughs> i mean we gotta leave you it's curious <laughs> that's that's fair <laughs> and now i literally take up his entire bed mm-hmm. you mean your bed yeah it's my bed yeah <laughs> he gets like the corner on the edge <laughs> and no, none exactly. of the blanket <laughs> No, That's what happened last night. You had the sheet. <laughs> I, I, I chose to use the sheet because it got hot. No, oh. she, she likes to do this thing where she'll lay on her back and then put her knee directly into my spine. 
while taking up 95% of the bed. Yeah, but you get a free chiropractor treatment out of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Mind you, I'm unaware of what I'm doing. And so I literally wake up and say, move over. I mean, this just goes with the territory, though. Yep. So she says. What? (laughs) You say, yep, I say sleep. (laughs) Yeah, but she, she makes the rules, don't forget. That's fair. He's acting as if he doesn't literally pull me onto his side of the bed. No, I definitely do. <laughs> this is not your knees. <laughs> I told you, I inherited that from my mother. Okay, so obviously, we got good chemistry going on here. Yes. Think, so, so things are solid, things are good, and y'all are laughing, and that's healthy, and we love to see it. So, what was the first game you two played together? Destiny, Destiny 2. 2? <gasps> nice. Oh my god, seriously? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I love that for you guys. Like, he started playing it again, and he was, like, very new light-ish. I was 100% a new light. I had played the game once with another buddy of mine, and we, because I I, I heard free-to-play game, and I was like, let's go! So, I downloaded it, I beat most of Witch Queen, and then it was like, you have to buy the expansion, and that's where me and my friend fell off for, like, a year. (laughs) Then... And then she she was like, "Oh, I play Destiny too. We could play together." And I was like, "Yeah, I mean." He thought it was a new light. I'm I'm I'm, I'm looking at, at at new games to play. So then I bought every expansion pack <laughs> and got it. I, I I truthfully did get obsessed for a little bit. We we played that game every single day. It, it was used to be my comfort game. And then you know, like <laughs> the the second season of the new DLC came out, and I was just like, "I'm good. I'm done." Uh, it's, just... and it's so sad because I've spent so much money on that game. Cool. There's so much content in that game. There's so much content, but it's so much content hidden behind paywalls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Now it is. I definitely love that for you guys. That is awesome. And <laughs> it, it's great to see you guys have that connection, even if it like wasn't what brought you together, per se. The The fact that you were like right off the bat able to have that kind of fun. It's really, really cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a great time being able to play games just hang out and you don't even have to be playing the same game yeah we don't even have like i i i sometimes i literally just want to play a cozy game and he wants to play warzone i'm like you can do that i'll sit next to you but i'm gonna play fate farm (laughs) our computer and streaming setups are quite literally next to each other Mm. i love that when i watch you scoopy i can see her sitting like behind (laughs) you or beside you it's adorable and then she can like lean back and wave at me i like it (laughs) yeah yeah, she's like, Rose says hi. I'm like, oh! And I'll, like, lean all the way back, and I'm like, can she see my hand? <laughs> I think I'm now following both you guys on kick, or I was already. I don't stream as often, but he's trying to, he's trying to let a fire under my ass, so I start streaming more. Mm. Are you more active on Twitch? I used to be, but after certain circumstances, I took a long break. And now, like, my viewership isn't the same anymore. Yeah, Twitch is getting pretty interesting the last few days. Oh, what happened? Oh, um, so essentially, uh, they're kind of allowing porn now. <gasps> oh, yeah, that, that, like, softcore, like, I don't know if you've seen the videos of it, but it's basically, like, girls that are topless and the video cuts off just above maximum boobage. Really? Yeah, yeah it's like... like it's like can't the, see their nipples, like, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is the most amount of cleavage you could possibly have before you get banned. But what's real interesting about that is that if you're a VTuber and you have an avatar that shows the same amount of cleavage, your stream gets shut down. What? Really? 
Uh-huh. That is huh. interesting. No, I saw that video where that guy, he should get in trouble, too, because he was streaming her stream without permission. Oh, I saw that one. But, yeah, she was, like, lifting her arms up and, like, dancing. And, like, yeah, it looked like it would be, like, yeah, if she bounced just a little bit more, it'd be a nipple slip. That's wild. Yeah. The entire internet is becoming adults only. Yeah, it kind of is. On the one hand, it sort of makes sense to do it that way because the internet has been degenerate for I don't know how long. Hugh Bo Burnham. <laughs> but on the other hand, I've been on the internet since I was eight, and I'm 36 I think I started now. around the same time, maybe. I don't know. I grew up in a different internet when it wasn't quite so disgusting. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I'm with you. I'm a little bit younger. I'm, I'm 27, but I the internet that I remember was you log on to AOL, you spent 15 minutes letting it boot up for your parents to yell at you saying, get off the internet, I need to use the phone. Uh, so, And then you, if you needed to Google something, you ask Jeeves. Oh, yeah. Ask Jeeves, Lycos, oh Alta God, Vista. I forgot about like, that. YouTube wasn't a thing. Oh, Google I was wasn't a Lycos guy. Yet. YouTube's been a thing since 2008. I don't remember when YouTube came out. 2007, 2008, somewhere yeah. around there. Wait, did you say Yahoo? Oh, Yahoo. Yahoo was forever a thing. Yahoo is now just fantasy football. Yeah. Oh, my God, is it? It's like a news aggregator and fantasy football site now. I haven't searched that in forever, but I just remember the, like, wasn't there something, was it a commercial or, I don't know what it was back in the day, but I just, all I can think of is Yahoo. Yeah. No, oh, you're, yeah. you're right. That's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the company still exists somehow, but. <laughs> the internet changing in the way that it is with adult content being what's being pushed. And I don't mean, you know, nudity as adult content. I mean, like, a- a- anything that could be rated R. I mean, I go on Twitter and, you know, I don't even follow these accounts. And the next thing I see is, like, it. the page is named Did You Die? And it's, like, major accidents yeah, yeah. or, like, you know, workplace accidents or, you know, violent crimes. It's a call on CCTV just being displayed for the world to see. I'm like, how is this even allowed? But it, I, it's... For preventative reasons? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the blanket they're putting it under but you know the truth is it's for entertainment purposes it, it, every everyone wants to see what they can't see every day even if it's something that's absolutely terrible well and as long as it has shock value. exactly yeah. you know let's face it we're mostly just staring at screens these days anyway yep people really do need to go touch grass a whole lot more often but i have noticed like comment sections from the beginning comment sections have been bad yeah They've gotten even worse. They've lately. gotten a lot worse. <laughs> it is so weird. I I don't quite understand what's going on. Like whether it's, you know, twelve year olds who have never grown up in a world without the internet, or it's actual adults who just no longer give a crap about any sort of decorum or manners or, or anything. And you know, they're they're too burned out from what the world's turned into in the last five years that they they kind of figure like burn down the forest so i actually just recently did a um report on this so i'm i'm in school for nursing i just finished my first semester and part of one of my allied health was actually a part of sociology and it was the effect on the internet and the screen name and basically what what the article and what the peer review goes into talking about is that it's not so much of kids growing up on the internet. 
which definitely has a part in it. You know, the, the, the kids of today, or even yesteryear, anxiety is more common. Phone anxiety is more common. The inability to communicate properly face-to-face. And it's because everyone's used to doing it behind a computer screen or through a screen name or email and stuff like that, which is fine. You know, I'm not that, you know, that's, if that's the way that society is going, then awesome. You know, their effective communication happens very many ways, but the toxicity comes in with the fact of no reprimand. Because how do you reprimand Mama Samurai? You don't know who that person is. You know, if you've never seen their face besides like a Twitch stream, then how, how do you how do you reprimand that person in society other than saying you're canceled? blank avatar so it's, <laughs> so it, it, it's a little difficult there's not that essence of oh you just said that you're punished now granted there's always outliers of that you know you know people can very easily find out who you are if you're not careful of hiding your information but for the general list of it i mean look at look at call of duty um voice chats oh my god how are you going to reprimand these people other than saying you're banned from using the voice chat? Like, it's it, stuff like that didn't happen in society before, all, you know, the internet ran rampant. At least not as openly. The, the way I've been putting it lately is that until the internet, and especially until social media, we all operated a little more tribally mm-hmm. rather than globally. Yes. And... Now that we're operating globally, we see how these other tribes are operating and we go, nope, war. Yeah, which is interesting because we should do the opposite. You know, we 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 now and I say this all the time when someone asks me a question, I was like, why are you asking me? You got to you literally have the power of the world in your pocket. Like you have a supercomputer that can answer every single one of your questions. Because I like hearing your voice. That's fair. <laughs> but it's like, you know, instead of hating each other, we should embrace those cultural differences and whatnot. You know, when it, when you break it down to DNA, and this is a true statistic, we are 99.7% the same, you and I. Yep. And, you know, there's even like weasels that we're like 99.6 or 5% Sharks. The same Bl- as. Believe it or not, Sharks. We, are, yeah. we are 99.4% the same DNA. As a great white shark. You guys are dropping some knowledge today that I had no idea. <laughs> Scoopy has a lot of knowledge. Every living creature on this planet, you know, essentially can be traced back to the last extinction event or even the one before that. The asteroid wiped out 99% of living creatures on the planet, say, you know, that ended the dinosaurs. Whatever was left after that wasn't much. So it stands to reason that everything branched off from these last few remaining critters and evolution took hold at that point and such if you're if you're the the type to believe in theories of evolution which i am you know i'm also willing to believe that like changes in evolution are just patches to god's programming is how i see it but you know i'm a game developer so i think of everything in terms of code i'm sorry the 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 dna share between a human and a shark is 80 percent, but it's 60 percent to a banana <laughs> a little fun fact for you there. Wait, banana? Speaking of which, I've got like three rotting bananas downstairs that are going to make some amazing banana bread today. <gasps> banana bread at work, bro? Oh, that sounds Hell so yeah. good. You better be adding chocolate chips and vanilla. Can we Facts. come over? Ooh, I, could. I do have chocolate chips. I've, oh, yeah, I've got vanilla extract. So That sounds mm-hmm. delicious. 
It's so good. Oh my god. I wanted to touch back on how you were talking about like we could cancel people and things like that, but and it's also super easy for us to ban people from things, but then on the other hand, it's easy for people to make another account. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And have another name and come back. I was in um, BB Jess's stream one night and there was some kid that she knew was super young and she's like, oh, no mods, like give him a second, let him talk. And then she's like, no, ban him. And then he comes back as like another person and she knew exactly who it was because of what they were saying I've to her. To and me. so he's made multiple accounts multiple times but he's under eight. And it's just, it's crazy that like the internet footprint, like you can't really erase somebody from it or stop people from trolling and doing what they do. Nope, it's all about persistence, right? If the person really wants to be that way, they're going to be that way no matter what you do or what you say. Uh, it doesn't matter how many times you ban them, they can continue. And Unless you're, like, a game developer and can ban their IP address, but, like, VPN. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's ways around it. Everything a game developer can do is still reactive yeah. rather than proactive. So, for instance, there's this guy, uh, Thor, runs a YouTube and Twitch channel, Pirate Software, that has exploded in the last couple months from 15,000 followers to 900,000 followers. Good for him. Holy shit. Yeah, he's taking (laughs) off. That was crazy. But he used to be a security uh, specialist at Blizzard, and he explains that what they would do on WoW is they would let the bots basically go wild for six months. And yeah, you deal with the player reports and complaints and such. But then when those six months run up, they would just instantly ban two million accounts. And then what happens is all those accounts using the bot software would instantly charge back to the company that made that software in the first place, which would instantly put them out of business is a long con for wow not that it's a con but still kind of is taking out a company even though it's a bot company damn you know that is a very interesting thing so my background besides going to nursing is is retail and i've worked retail Mm -hmm. management and kind of like the similar concept to that right cheating you're cheating something theft is considered cheating as well what we what we would do in the LP world, and for anyone listening, this is this might be good knowledge for you to not do this. Walmart, Lowe's, Home Depot, any of those big box stores, if you're stealing from them, there is a 98% chance that they know you're stealing from them if you do it repeatedly. And they choose not to do anything about it. They do. They know. The reason for this is because their camera systems, their CCTVs are so good that they can literally see the fine print on a dollar bill. And they do. We've checked dollar bills that were fake at the cash register using a camera that's all the way on the roof. But what they do is they, they, they record you on every single store you go into until you rack up an amount of theft that is felony theft. And then, as you're leaving the store, they have you arrested the per- after you hit that certain amount. And then you're screwed for life. Because now it's not petty, like, it's not petty theft, it's not a misdemeanor, it's felony. And you're, you're done. So And you're banned from Walmart forever. <laughs> oh, you're banned from Walmart. I, I, I've seen it happen. I've been behind it when I worked at Lowe's. Like, it, we, you know, it's this person habitually came in and would steal generators and DeWalt drill guns and whatnot. We, we, we would just let them walk out. So pe- people think they're getting away with it, but we're just waiting. You know, those type of companies have so much money and so much insurance that it's like, 
go ahead, do it. We're, we're going to get you in the long run. And they do. Yeah, that's what my, I had a friend growing up that he stole DVDs from Walmart for years, years. And then finally they arrested him. And like, he thought he got away with it for so long. But I mean, imagine stealing DVDs. It would take a long time to rack up money. That's hilarious. That makes so much more sense now. Wow. Thanks for like solving a piece of my childhood. <laughs> so, so California now has their new law in place where no individual robbery under $900 will be prosecuted. And stores are just being looted like crazy out there. So you see, like, not only a lot of small businesses shutting down in California because they're just getting ransacked every single day, but even huge stores like uh, Whole Foods are like, yeah, we're not, we're, Whole Foods, like, has closed down somewhere between one and four stores in California in the last few months, and everybody's just you know, leaving because they're like, we, we can't handle this even from an insurance standpoint. It's one thing if, if somebody comes in, you know, once a week, takes something and leaves and, you know, you're slowly racking up a case against them. But if everybody's walking in, taking every television in the store or doing four months worth of grocery shopping and just walking out without being prosecuted, you can't keep track of that many people at once. I mean, that's kind of insane. Yeah, no, that, that, see, see, like, like I said, there's always outliers to the rule, right? And that is definitely one of them. California has some really interesting laws, uh, that, like, just <laughs> don't, that just don't help. <laughs> no, they really don't. I feel like they think that they're progressive, but sometimes they're a little too far off that edge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm all, for, I'm, I'm all for progressiveness, but mm-hmm. like, wow, that's, that's kind of wild. That, that's not progressive right there. That's just, that's just anarchy. I wonder what the reason behind that is. Like, like, why did they let that be a thing? I don't know. I, I really don't know the story behind what inspired that. I, I feel like they thought they were being, you know, more generous to turn a blind eye. But also, $900 is not petty theft. No, $900, you're getting close to that felony level. Yeah, you're getting like three HD TVs, you know, probably like 30 inches. You're getting three to four months worth of food. You're getting a gaming PC. You're getting serious bang for your buck, or lack thereof, at $900. That's, that's a lot of stuff. And the state is just turning a blind eye to that. So they're like right below that threshold, which is insane. Here in PA, it's it's two it's two grand. So if you steal more than two thousand dollars worth of stuff, it's it's considered felony, theft, and grand larceny. Hmm. Really interesting. Yep. I don't know what it is in MA, but I assume it's around the same as PA. Uh. Us being one of a handful of commonwealths and all. Misdemeanor offense in MA is two hundred and fifty dollars. Grand larceny is one thousand two hundred. Oh, we're low. Yeah, one one thousand two hundred is pretty low. We we take things pretty seriously here. Yep, I respect it. I also love that state. So <laughs> we had a really really pretty fall this year. Honestly, my friend got married out in Harvard. And, nice. Uh, it was an outdoor ceremony right at the end of October. So there was a nice combination of color and green on a cloudy day, but like not too cloudy. One of those like you can see the clouds kind of cloudy days. It was really nice. One of my all time favorite spots to visit. There's a plate movement like a little bit north of Harvard that like overlooks 
everything over there. I forget what the name of the of of the cliff is, but you can drive up it, and mm. you can literally just see for miles. If you look to your right, there's like a covered bridge, uh, and then like in the fall time, it's just it's just it, it's just so pretty. I f- it's gorgeous. I live in a pretty state. <laughs> Oh my god, sorry, my phone call was my husband telling me that he was coming home early, and I swear if that's him walking in the door, that's really funny. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> like five minutes before you walk in the door. Watch, it's not him walking in the door. <laughs> that would be an issue. Who are you? That would be a big issue, although my door is locked, and you gotta have a fob to get in it, so it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Also, Sombra will absolutely destroy somebody that is not my husband. <laughs> I know we kind of touched on the first game you guys played together, but um, what is your first game or games that you played and how did they leave a um, impact on you in your life? I'm going to let Sam go first on this one. So my oldest sister, she's like 38 years old, so we have a pretty big age gap. And I used to sit in her bedroom with her and watch her play Halo. And she would give me a fake controller so I could feel like I was playing with her. She was like, you're doing so good. I'm like, I'm killing everybody. And her all the time. So that's kind of like what started in my gaming era, I guess. That's adorable. She didn't even let you join in as player two? No. What? I I was like super young. What is the age gap between you guys, if I can ask? So I'm 24 and she's 38. Okay, oh, holy shit. Okay, me and my brother are 11 years apart, so that's very similar. (laughs) It's like a whole generation. Yeah, my mom had me in her 40s, so. But she kind of started my love for gaming. Just passively. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. My first game that I ever played, when I say this, I I was born in 96. The game that I ever first played was made in 97. It's called Redneck Rampage. What? Oh hell yeah, Redneck Rampage! <laughs> oh uh, my gosh, is it a shooting game? It, oh yeah, yeah. I, I never owned it, but I remember seeing that box on the shelf forever at CompUSA and Micro Center back in the day, just all the time. So that that game, uh, Serious Sam, the the first encounter, um, the mm-hmm. original uh, Far Cry's where you were fighting mutant aliens, like th- those are some of the first games that I played. There was like this mech one, and it was all for like Vista that I would play uh, with my dad. Actually, I was I was like five or six pl- playing these games after I would get oh done helping my dad build houses. <laughs> we would come home and hop on the computer and. Just do that. So, and then from there, when I moved, I when I was like seven or eight, my next door neighbor had an Xbox. So similar to Sam, it was Halo. And then I stopped playing games for a very long time after that. I just didn't find enjoyment with sitting inside. I would, uh, I would actually go outside and you know skateboard and mess around with quads and stuff like that until I was like sixteen. See, growing up, I was kind of different than Scott. I'm very socially awkward sometimes very anxious so i stayed inside and i played video games my mom actually signed me up for cheerleading without my knowledge to try and get me (gasps) out of the house oh my gosh then we talk about being something that like puts you at the center of attention or makes you be extremely social yeah but i ended up loving it but i still love my video games and my sister another game that me and my sister Used to play all the time was Lollipop Chainsaw. Such a good game. <laughs> oh my god. I feel like 
Didn't that come up yes. with Shohei? No, no. Lollipop Chainsaw came up in one of your streams with one of your friends. Oh my god! But I don't that's know who right. it was, and they were like super oh. excited because it's coming back out or something. Yeah, yeah the remake. Re- yeah, there's like yeah. a remake coming out. Oh my god! I had never heard of that until I heard your friend talk about it. I was like, "What the fuck <laughs> is that?" It's actually so Everything fun, is- and like I almost one year I almost went as her for Halloween. Oh, that'd be badass. <laughs> it's crazy to like hear your story, Sam, because I was kind of like that too. Like I, I'm very antisocial. I'm <laughs> and I would so rather antisocial. Be, like, inside hanging out online with friends playing yes, a that's game what i do but i also like to like be alone i guess <laughs> yep yep i like to sit and play my switch yeah and not worry about anything mm-hmm. or anybody or the world and it's great and i definitely like i was forced to go outside and play with my friends i didn't have and, friends like, that was my thing oh. i lost does. all of my friends we lived in a cul-de-sac so it was kind of like you guys oh, like you guys all live super close together go outside and play like we were like forced. <laughs> I was bullied in school, so I was oh, also no. fucking. <laughs> I was homeschooled. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I'm so sorry. It's just the way you said it. I would always wanted to be homeschooled, which I know that that wasn't always the answer to everything. Well, I would get like this thing of like pure panic when I would walk into my school, oh. where I would like feel like I was gonna actually throw up, and I felt like the walls were moving in on me. <laughs> Pumpkins barking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, from, like, middle school to, like, right after my freshman year of high school, uh, school was really difficult for me. It's just so interesting. I obviously adore the shit out of Sam, right? In my opinion, I think that we are, like, an awesome match. But we are are so incredibly different to the core, it actually, like... No, no, it doesn't drive me insane. It's insane to think about because while she is like super introverted and like likes to be at home and playing video games and whatnot, I don't stream because I enjoy games. I play games because I enjoy streaming. It's the exact opposite for me than most people because I enjoy that interaction. I enjoy that that personality and that whatnot. If I didn't stream ever again, as much as I enjoy it, I'd be okay with that because I always I I would rather be outside than in my bedroom. I like hanging out with my friends and meeting new people and snowboarding or just, you know, in general, just being around groups of people. I am 100% an extrovert. Like, there's not even the slightest bit of introvert in me at any given time. Even when I want to be alone, I want to be around people. You sound super sociable. Like, you're very talkative and, like, want to interact and things like that. My social meter tends to run out. And that's just because I have... A good handful of mental illnesses, considering my mom had me in her 40s. They told her that was going to wow. happen. Mm. So, like, my social media is very low. I, sometimes I literally just need to stay home because I'll go into, like, panic mode. Or if there's too much sound, I'll get overstimulated. And I'm like, I need to go into a different room. And my brain just tells me to panic when mm. there's nothing actually wrong. Yeah, but it sounds like you have learned to understand that that's going on, which is a really good thing. If you were to ever talk to my mom, she would tell you how much I've changed since I was in middle school. Well, that, that's such a hard time for anybody like in their life. Like You're trying to figure out who you are and you're emotional and there's stupid hormones and you know, minus all of that other stuff that you have going on too. So I can't imagine how that was going through that, but 
Well, it wasn't even that. It was, like, the bullying on top of it. Like, the one, this one thing that stuck with me all these years, even from elementary school, was this one kid told me I had to go on Weight Watchers. Middle school bullying is the worst. It is the worst. And, like, that just sent me spiraling. 12 to 14-year-olds are just awful. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to yep. put it out there. I'm, I'm going to make that generalization. They think they know everything. <laughs> They're, they're far too aware of themselves and the world at that point, but they still don't understand enough to, like, not be a dick, which kind of brings us back to the comment sections. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, they bring that attitude with them everywhere they go. And yeah. So it's like, they're still kids, but they're, you know, grown up, but they're not grown up. They are not grown up. They are not grown up at all. <laughs> It's bad. So I, I was going to say, Sam, I'm pretty similar to you in that I have a social meter that runs out pretty quickly. So like I'll, I'll start out like Scott and I'm jazzed up and I'm ready to, you know, talk with people and schmooze and such. A couple hours will go by and I go and I'm ready for bed yep. because I am in my mid 30s and <laughs> to hell with all of you. Yeah. <laughs> well, the way I like to explain that is like I feel that way too, but I'm I always explain to people I'm an introvert and an extrovert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of the same and Scott's actually seen that. Yep. Like you have two cups and like when one is empty you have to fill the other one by doing other things. So like if yep. my social cup is empty, I need to go home and shut myself in a room and relax. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys ever heard of spoon <laughs> you know. theory? Yeah. Spoon yeah. days, good and bad spoon days, yeah, or low yeah. spoon days. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the easiest way when I explain, you know, that type of thing to people. I, I use the spoons. If you get rid of all your spoons, you're screwed. Yep. <laughs> so you gotta yep. you gotta keep managed. See, but my thing is, I just make more spoons. I like I I, I, get, <laughs> I can just keep going. It's like it's actually kind of annoying where it's like like everyone around me is like done, and I'm like I can literally go do something else. I'm good. But then I don't get me wrong. I do have those days where I'm just like I don't care about any of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm chilling at home, and it, it's not so much that I don't want to be around people. It's like certain people just. Their energy is even too much for me. Yep, there's just some people that are just draining. <laughs> yeah, th- th- there, there's always a bigger fish, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, when I first learned about the spoon thing, it was explained to me as, like, mental health and things yeah. like that. But I didn't realize that it was originally made for people that deal with pain, like chronic pain. And it, like, if you Google it and you read information about it, it talks about people having, like, very low spoon days when they have extremely high pain and can't function. But people have turned it into more of a mental health thing as well, um, which it is an easy way to explain, like, oh, I'm just having a low spoon day instead of saying, you know, like, oh, I'm just not in a really good headspace or today's a really bad day. Like, spoons are very simple. Well, like... For example, my work schedule is starting to pick up, and this week I literally have one day off. So I had asked Scott if we could stay home today and do nothing, because I know this week I'm going to be doing a lot of running. Christmas is coming, I have to do shopping. It's the first Christmas without my father. So, like, everything is a little more heavy than it usually is. So I'm trying to give myself that time to veg out 
and to like bring myself back down to reality. Yeah, but that's smart. Like you're aware that this time's gonna be hard and your work schedule's gonna be crazy. And oh my god, I'm sorry. The first of everything after stuff like that goes on is very hard. Yeah, oh yeah. But I'm proud of you for preparing yourself. She'll yeah. get through it. I've I learned that. But there's one thing with there's this thing that my ex had instilled in me was he did things without me. So I have FOMO. Oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> So I like to be involved, but sometimes my social battery is just so low, I just, I can't. I definitely get that. Like, I haven't been to PAX East in the last couple years, for instance, which felt really weird because for years I was going there to show off games or give a talk. And now convention happens. I'm like, well, you know, my, my social battery is pretty much permanently drained, but part of me still wants to be there. Right. Definitely feel like I'm missing out on you know, an important industry event and such, but... I just like to be involved and not forgotten. Yeah. You know what it is? I'm, I'm that kind of person that likes to be invited to things. Yeah. And be given the opportunity to say no. Most of the time I won't say no, but if I do, it's because I'm in a really bad headspace. Mm-hmm. You know, I can give you guys a, a different perspective on, on that situation as well, because I agree with both with what you guys are saying. I have a friend who's like that, and he is probably one of my best friends. Actually, he is the only person I have a matching tattoo with, and I see him a total of three times a year. If it's any more than that, something's wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he he's the same way, uh, where I know he's going to say no. I am 100% positive that everything I invite him to, unless he asks me to do it, he is going to find a reason to decline. However, I still invite him because I know that he'll get upset if he doesn't. Now, the opposite's also true, right? Where it's like, oh, I get really excited to do this. Let me hit up this person. And then they tell me no. It's like, man, why, why do I continue even to ask if I know the answer? So there's a line that I kind of had to draw in the sand where if it has a possibility of him saying yes greater than 2%, <laughs> I'm going to ask if it's something that doesn't have anything to do with any of his hobbies that I knew at that given time, I don't bother. And it's kind of like a don't ask, don't tell type of thing for the person do constantly doing the inviting and then hearing the no, it does kind of like weigh on their soul a little bit. But even then choose me as an example. Oh, you go everywhere. He'll ask me to do something. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I rarely ever say no. If my battery's low that day, I will let him know in advance, like, maybe my energy won't be as high. Like, for an example, we had a Halloween party at a friend's house, and I was, like, this vibrant, talkative, energetic, and then, like, people were like, I've never seen that side of her before, and Scott's like, that's what I get to see most of the time. Mm. Just interesting perspectives. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. But I, I do love my introverted friend. He is great. On a whim, him and I flew out to California to go see a band. So so he does Ugh. do sporadic stuff. It's just, it has to be very niche. Mm. <laughs> Which apparently flying across the country to go see a band for three days is, is well, very niche. <laughs> he, he probably It's certainly it. a niche idea. Not everybody would be... When uh, I do stuff like that, like on a whim, it's because I need it. Yeah, he's a... Uh, He's an awesome. He, he's actually that that a uh, cybersecurity manager for uh, one of the largest like cybersecurity firms in the world, which is awesome. I'm very proud of him. But people like that do need to let loose. He tells me stories, and I'm like, dude, that's insane. 
Like, <laughs> like, how are you still sane? Have you ever looked at one of those, like, world attack maps that keep track of all the different cyber attacks going on across the world at any given moment? Yeah, he sends them to me pretty often. Every time I look at those, I'm like, the internet is a mistake and we need to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, you know what's crazy, too, is going back to a previous topic, their, their company is so reactive, it's insane. Like, like, like obviously, they for their clients, they like help them with mock phishing attacks to get their people trained up and whatnot, but like, there's always going to be a, a way in. He makes so much money. <laughs> <laughs> but also spends so much of his time that it's like, you know, you have to wait for something to happen. And the most recent one that happened, without divulging too much information, it, like, cost the company billions of dollars, and every single person on their network had to get an email out because they got all of their information stolen. Like, no. every bit of it. And this is over a, a, a company that has multiple buildings in multiple states in multiple countries in multiple places in the world Ugh. like it, it took them like three months to figure it out <laughs> that's crazy luckily the information was like user data and like your name and your birthday it wasn't like social security number or stuff like that but it was still enough data for them to like do something with right it's your information that you put on this server and you trusted it and and now you're in violation of eu regulations for letting that out yeah yeah that's uh that's a nightmare yeah it happens though more often than you think people are terrible our continuing topic today while we're trying to spread positivity and <laughs> mental health awareness. That is probably <laughs> the title of this episode. People are terrible. People are terrible. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what, though? For, for every terrible person, there are ten amazing people. I would like to believe that. I really, really would. I think I, ten may be a stretch. Maybe five, but... No, I really think it's ten, right? Because think about it. What spreads faster... Positivity or negativity? It depends where you're trying to spread it. I mean, negativity definitely spreads faster on the internet than positivity. And right. gets more clicks. But that's where, like, most people find their, their negativity, right? Is You know, obviously there's negative things happening in your daily life that isn't part of the internet. But, like, how often do you log on to the interwebs and see something that, like, breaks your heart or makes you sad or, like, someone really? saying something that isn't... Isn't right, or you read a bad review about yourself, or if you're a professor or your business or whatnot. When I worked management, I used to always tell people give the service you'd want to receive because for every one good review, there's 10 bad reviews. If you're giving multiple bad reviews, people are more likely to write that than that good review. And the same thing goes you're more likely to complain about something on the internet than you are to say something positive. So, you know what's funny along those lines? So the finals just shadow dropped the other day, along with the Game Awards. And He's freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's, it's really exciting because I, I played the beta for a little bit and enjoyed it a lot. So I've got that re-downloaded and I'm ready to play it again at some point. But all the reviews were like, oh, they nerfed movement and everybody walks so sluggish now. And the developer literally came out and said, we didn't nerf movement. We lowered the default FOV, just raise it back up to 90 if you prefer, and it'll feel as fast as before. And all of a sudden, the review score on Steam shot up from like 60% to 80% overnight. 
because oh people were so embarrassed about the negative reviews they wrote when they should have just checked the settings menu that they, you know, undid it for like the first time in history. Communication's important, man. It's yeah. so, so incredibly important because it, it's, you know, I, I keep going back to retail, but like at the end of the day, everything is being sold. Like mm -hmm. everything, even when, uh, us as streamers, we're not, the, the game that we are playing People are going to watch someone uh, someone play it. There's so many people in this space playing the same exact thing. Even if you think that you're one of the only people playing it, you're not. Mm -hmm. Why are people yeah. watching you? It's because of you. You're, you're, you know, for lack of a better term, you're selling your entertainment to a group of people. I don't watch you for your raids <laughs> or your cozy streams. I watch you because you engage with your chat in a way that I vibe with and I enjoy. The same thing with this podcast. I, I watch her because I, I love her. I, I don't watch these hot tub gamers streams because I enjoy people sitting around in a hot tub. I watch it and I listen to it because I enjoy the conversation that is being had. It's being sold to mm -hmm. me. So, you know, this, the same thing goes. It's like, hey, how are you going to make yourself different? Customer walks into a shoe store. Congratulations. Your customer is looking for shoes. Why should they buy the shoes from you? Fair. No, and like, that's honestly like a huge compliment. Like, I remember when I first started streaming on Kick, like, that was a poll that I put up on Twitter because I realized watching people on Kick, like, I didn't watch you because of the game you were playing. I went through streams and found people that I vibed with because I wanted to surround myself with really awesome people and, like, sit and hang out with people. And so that's a really big compliment to me, honestly, because I love hanging out with my chat. I want people to come hang out with me because of me, not because of the game I'm yeah. playing especially as a variety streamer, like I want to be able to play whatever I want to play and just vibe with people and have fun. And like, it was funny whenever I put that poll up, there was maybe two votes that said, cause I asked like, do you watch streamers because of their vibe or because of their game? And there were like two or three votes uh, that was because of their game. And there was a couple comments underneath of it. And like, it was kind of entertaining to see that opinion because when I streamed on Twitch, that was what I thought. I had to play the like newest and best game. And like the first game I wanted to play was Cyberpunk because it was coming out. And I was like super excited about it. Yeah. And then somebody was like, oh, don't stream that because there's a lot of like lewd stuff in it. And like, you shouldn't do that. So I didn't. And then I got really discouraged streaming on Twitch because it felt like I wouldn't be able to keep up. I didn't want to play the FPS games everybody loved watching. But nowadays, you could totally stream Cyberpunk on Twitch and yeah. definitely not get in trouble for it. Well, kind of like that, when Hogwarts Legacy first came out, because of how crappy my console was, everybody else got to play it before I did, and it made me not want to play mm. it anymore. Like, I still haven't yeah. beat mm. that game. I also haven't beat that game, but it's because I won't beat it. I won't progress until Sam progresses. And I'm so discouraged. I'm so game. discouraged to play it because, like, when I got it, it wasn't new anymore. Yeah, that that's the only exception to that rule, I feel. The only time that I feel like people come to your stream to watch the game specifically is when the game is brand new. I know for a fact that I did that. Like, I don't typically watch streams first thing in the morning, but when the new Fortnite stuff came out, I immediately logged on and watched Tim the Tatman play it because I wanted to see what the game was about, but I couldn't get on to play the game yet because I was doing something else. So it's like, I want to see what it's about. Mm. Is it worth the hype? So that I feel like that's the only exclusion. But even then, there's a caveat to that because I chose to watch Tim the Tatman play it because I enjoy his stream. Yep. 
And like, you're not going to discover necessarily somebody new that's a small streamer playing a game that all these people are playing yeah. at the same time because it's the first day. You know, like your discoverability disappears. Yeah. With Unless all you're the type of person who specifically tries to find someone like that. Like ha- how I did the other day when I put that guy um, in your chat. I was like, let's go hang out with him. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. There's days yeah. where I specifically like set, I'll type a game in and I set it to lowest view count and I just go through until I find someone I vibe with and I just hang out with them the entire night. No, that was awesome. Or if there's like a game that's like old, for example, like The Sims 2, if I were to go on like Twitch or Kick and look, there aren't that many people streaming that anymore. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to find somebody new, that's where I would go. You know what I always try to find? Because I, I do some variety streaming myself, but I try to find games that have not so many people watching at the moment but a surprising number of people follow. Yeah, I noticed that too. So that they can maybe get a notification of, oh, hey, so-and-so, you know, Plaid Baron is streaming Castle Crashers or Braid or whatever I, you know, choose to play on a particular day. So people will show up and be like, oh my God, somebody's actually playing this game? Hi, nice to meet you. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, it's a good way to boost viewer and engagement. I, I like finding those those niche games that are a little bit older, or more indie, a little more unknown, whatnot, that, that could use a boost. Whether they're brand new or they came out, you know, years ago. I mean, I have over 400 games in my Steam library, so I've got... You have a problem, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have been on Steam practically since day one <laughs> Holy shit! back in like 2004 you know what's an interesting thing to think about too though is like going back to the mental health aspect of this you probably when you do stuff like that you are probably making someone's day a thousand times better because exactly. they might have followed that and forgot that game existed and mm-hmm. like no one's playing it and then you get notified like oh plaid baron's playing castle crashers or maple yep. story or something like that oh my it's god, like i haven't oh, played maple story since oh my college, god but i've been thinking about it a lot you know it's so, so, so what you, you you guys have another topic uh that's coming up soon that we're gonna go back to maple story but uh, <laughs> uh but um it's like you can make someone's day so much better by just showing someone that what they think is fun is fun and that someone else cares about that or someone else enjoys that so it's like back to the for every bad person there's 10 good people Define good. Doing that is good. And, you know, if you bring people into your community and find a way to f- bring people into your community and make them feel at home, congratulations. You're a good person. And here's four of us sitting in a hot tub talking about that. <laughs> so we're four of the ten. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Four of the ten right here. That's pretty impressive, actually. I like that. <laughs> and then your, your, your chat, both of you. I mean, there's five more people in Rose's chat because everyone that watches her is amazing. I'm one them. of them. Then, then, then <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Then, then there's the people in, in your chat that are amazing, too. And then, you know, I like to think that people will come in and watch my streams are amazing. So I can think of at least 30 people off the top of my head right now who are absolutely amazing. And, and if I think about people who just absolutely I cannot stand because they are, you know, not great people, I can think of maybe two. Yeah. Be the statistic that you want to explode. No, and surround yourself with that. And like, it's the same thing on Twitter, I feel like, too. It was weird to sign on to Twitter every now and then and see people talking about drama. And I'm like, what drama are you talking about? Like, 
it would just be like a handful of people like oh i can't believe this is going on and like people find issues with everything though they do and then it's an echo chamber if you're not involved in it though you don't see it i don't see any of it i see somebody saying that there's drama going on but i don't see the drama going on because i don't follow all those other people that started the drama they take everything so seriously nowadays they do they definitely do, but I love that like I can basically sign on to all my socials and it's all positive and it's all love and yeah. Like I've had to unfollow a lot of people, so I'm a huge Sea of Thieves player. And so Sea of Thieves just came out with uh, a new feature called Safer Seas, which eliminates the PvP aspect of the game entirely because it's just you and your friends on a boat and you can go do world events and gather treasure and such. So it's meant as a way to teach new players how to play the game or for experienced players to just vibe out and not worry about toxic pirates on the seas ruining their day for them. I think it's a great feature, but the community has been so, like, from the PvP crowd, there has been a lot of backlash against it, but it is mostly the PvP crowd that likes to just find fresh spawn ships and go after them and sink them and then act like Hmm. dicks. Sounds like rust. Yeah, a little bit. Pretty similar to that. So now all of a sudden, whoever's left on the PvP servers has to actually watch out for themselves and put in effort, and they don't like that. No. And I'm like, I don't feel sorry for you. <laughs> yeah, you know what's what's crazy to think about that, though, right? And even though I try to be as positive as I possibly can, I'm a statistic myself. Like, when the recent COD update came out and the game was broken, I immediately tweeted Activision. I will admit to that. I'm the person that if I pay for something like that and it, an update comes and it's broken and it's completely shutting down and whatnot, I'll, I'm going to complain. But at the same time, I try to do it respectfully. But I didn't complain about, like, this new thing you tried is bad. Like, it was actual game-breaking stuff. Like, things weren't tracking, game was shutting down, I lost my stuff, stuff like that. So many people, like, are like, oh, this is new? I hate it. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, I don't want new, I want old repackaged. Yeah, the same thing goes with for, a like, newer look. Yeah, the same with, thing goes with, with newer like, look, but the same exact thing. The same thing goes with uh, with with your game, Sea of Thieves, and for me, it's Rust. It's like when I log on to Rust, I know for a fact what I'm getting myself into. I know that it is, regardless of what the polls say, it is the most toxic game ever created, and that is why it was created. The developers knew exactly what they were doing when they created that by giving everyone free reign to do whatever they wanted because they knew that people were going to go back to their root ways and just be terrible people. And that's exactly what it is. When you log on to that, if you're a naked to have nothing and you see someone with a full kit, like guns, heavy armor and whatnot, they're going to kill you. 100% of the time, you're going to die for the sole reason of because you don't have that same stuff. And, oh, you just built a brand new base and you don't have anything? You're being rocket raided. Why? Because they can. <laughs> and it's just how it is. That community is toxic. Uh, mm. And that's kind of the reason why I log into it. Because it's like, okay, I have, I have positivity everywhere else. I want this toxic game because it's actually <laughs> fun to destroy these people. You need your dose of toxicity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's in a fun God. way. <laughs> if you just like overdo the positivity, then you, you're going to be like a balloon. You're going to explode at some point. You got to let some air out once in a while. It's the cup theory. It's the cup theory all over again. Yeah, you 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 <laughs> can you way. can ask Sam. Me, me, me and my buddy Josh get on Rust, and we both literally say, "Well, time to complain about our lives for the next forty five minutes well, until we get off and play something else." <laughs> well, 
to go back to when we first started dating, literally the first night I slept over here, and then the next day, you're like, can I get on Rust? I'm like, I don't give a shit. And I used to sit between his legs on the floor and watch him play this game, and he's fucking cursing these people out. He's like, they're offlining us on my fucking gun! And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I'm sorry to hear that. Oh my god. Just, you're like, what did I get I, myself into? Like, I know when I play that game, I'm, it's gonna make me mad, and I'm gonna get furious, I'm gonna get pissed off. But I play it anyway. <laughs> That's like destiny for me. Oh man, I've watched Hempidemic and uh, Grizzlow Gaming play Rust, and I have never seen the toxicity. It's funny to listen to you say all this, and like I totally believe it now, especially like how you explained it. But like watching them play, I've never seen them rage or be around toxicity in that game. So I'm a little. It also shocked. depends on the server as well. Yeah, it depends oh. on the server, but but I can assure you. So what Grizzlo does very well, and I love Grizzlo. He's actually one of my Grizzlo's amazing. He is like one of my favorite streamers, and it's really interesting because he is so positive in his streams. Right, he's always so loving and caring, and yes. just so welcoming and whatnot. He posts on Twitter about how Daisy is the game you're thinking of that he was playing. How like. The people he was playing with were toxic and how there was drama and whatnot. And like, you don't see that in his stream because he completely blocks it out and then he tweets about it. And I'm (laughs) like, I'm like, where was this? I don't, I didn't see this. I think it was like for the first time he was streaming the other day and like, I think something got to him because he ended stream on it. And I messaged him. I was like, hey, man, what's going on? And then the next day, it was like nothing ever happened. Him and I played uh, Modern Warfare Zombies yesterday. It was like the toxicity never happened. He is so good at compartmentalizing that stuff and like just moving on. Just keep going. And he powers through it. And like, I I love it. He has every reason in the world for most people just to quit streaming entirely uh, and just like do something else. But he is consistent and he is he like tries so hard to create this community and he's succeeding. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I have to tell him this. And if he's watching, awesome. He created this community. And even though there are some bad seeds in the community and he's finding that out and he's kind of like, you know, harvesting them out and moving them elsewhere. He has created a community where like, you and I are talking about him in such a positive light. And I'm sure that happens so many other ways. So again, it brings it back for every two people talking bad. How many people are talking good about you? Yeah. Yep. No, Grizzle's one of my favorites too. And like, he's always so happy, always so positive, And he always wants to make sure that you're doing good too and make you feel comfortable and safe on his stream and in his community. And it's funny. I was actually just sitting here. And I'm like, I need to clip this and send this to him because I feel like sometimes he needs to hear that because I don't think he hears it enough. You know, I don't think anybody hears those kinds of things enough. No, I genuinely enjoy hanging out with him. Yeah. Yep. And his community, like even like sitting in his chat, like if he's paying attention to his game and he can't look over for a second, his chat is talking to you and making sure you feel comfortable in there as well, just like he does. 100%. And I think this might be why people are like, ah, sometimes towards him. It's because when he's focused, he gets very blunt and to the point and answers really quickly and yeah. answers the specifically. If you don't stream, you don't know like how hard it is to look away from what you're doing constantly and answer that chat real quick and try to be as, you know, interactive as you possibly can. But for us, it's it does get a little difficult when we're like surrounded by hordes of zombies we're trying to kill yep. so we don't lose yeah. all of our gear. That I can like, really we, do. We, so he does come off a little dry sometimes. But it's not because he doesn't care. It's because he's trying to make the best possible content that he can. And I think that's where some of his naysayers come in at. But to have a naysayer is kind of a good thing, right? Yep, it means yep. like it's you're, like, Ma, I made it. <laughs> if you don't upset someone, are you actually doing what you want to do? Yep, especially on the internet, just like 
well, everything yeah. that we've been talking about. But I mean, that's why I struggled. I don't know. I didn't want to always stream my raid nights and I have a really hard time talking to my chat. And I've implemented so many things to try to help people understand they got to be patient with me on those nights. And it has helped me. Like I've seen like my viewership kind of go up because I have these things that ask people to kind of like, hey, give me a second. I would love to talk to you, but just like give me a second. And like Botrix automatically does that for me. Yeah. Um, but that's always a worry for me that like I'm going to piss people off or I'm going to bother people or people are just going to leave because I can't look over and chat right away because I love chatting. I love getting to know people. But um, but yeah, that's one of those things that like I love to to raid and I want to share that with my community and I'm glad that I have a space for it now but it took me god I've been raiding for years and I've been streaming for years and it just took me until this year to figure that out and it makes me more comfortable and it also seems to like allow chat to understand that they gotta have a little patience with me to look over and respond yeah 100% and like it's a balancing act mm -hmm. and I, I love it like I, I think it's so much fun and I'll, I'll be honest with you I this might be a very interesting way of looking at it, but I almost, I get intrigued by watching my numbers plummet just as much as I like watching them go up. I like looking at things as an, an analytical sense, right? Like, it shows me, oh, I did this, don't do it. <laughs> this was bad. And then I change it and then the numbers go up again. It's like, okay, so I'll, I'll do this. As much as I don't like streaming to one person, there's a reason for it. And I like finding out that reason. Yeah, no, it's telling you something and it shouldn't always be about the numbers, but that does help you kind of adjust your brand, adjust what you do, adjust maybe how you interact with your community or like what have you, but it does, it does help whenever you look at it. Since we're talking both about positivity, but also terrible people, I almost wonder if it's worth talking about the bonus topic more than just the same topics as every week. So for the bonus topic, we'd like to take, you know, a little bit of a look at the game awards and in particular, how little they care about video games. Yeah. It's up to you guys what we want to do. We do, we try to keep this to two hours to like respect your time and then also not be here all morning. And today's my anniversary. <laughs> Aww. Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! Thank you. It's our dating anniversary. Our wedding anniversary is in April, but we celebrate this. Yeah. What day um, in April? Uh, what day in April? The seventeenth. This is the day after my uncle's birthday. <laughs> I, 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 I was hoping you would say the ninth because that's my birthday. Oh, <laughs> you're an April person too. Cool. But yeah, so I probably have a little over twenty plus minutes to hang out and stay here, but I would like to wrap up reasonably. So it's up to you guys if you want to go through the other three topics or if we want to do gaming awards or what. But I, I've really thoroughly been enjoying what we've been talking about, which is why I haven't reeled us in more than I have. <laughs> you know, I'm under the opinion of if it's not broken, don't fix it. So if we want to talk about the game awards, because I definitely have I, I think that is a very interesting topic. And while the other topics were interesting, I actually got really excited when you put the bonus topic in. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to talk about the Game Awards here, and in particular, we are going to talk about how more time and more focus was given to Hollywood celebrities and advertisers and sponsors rather than to the games that won the awards themselves. So in particular, if you look at Indie of the Year, which Sea of Stars won that, it's a gorgeous game. And Keely just glossed over it. And he's like, and the award for India of the Year goes to Sea of Stars. Congratulations, guys. Whatever came next, just completely glossed over it. I noticed that. 
Baldur's Gate 3, which basically swept the entire show, wins game of the year. The team goes up to accept the award, and they're talking about the crew who sadly passed away during development, and big sign comes up on stage that says, please wrap it up. Uh, because Christopher Judge last year gave an eight-minute speech uh, to accept Best Performance Award, they, you know, were speeding up everybody's acceptance speeches. And, you know, even he made a joke about that this year, about how his speech was still longer... Longer than the Call of Duty campaign. Yeah, that was... What a dick thing to say. Kind of funny, but kind of a dick thing to say as well. Oh, it was totally funny, but, like, it was totally an <laughs> asshole thing to say. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Dude, you don't make the games, as far as I can tell, zero respect given to game developers at the Game Awards. When you think about the shit that game developers have to go through every day, we have goblin communities, people filing negative reviews as bug reports, you know, say we're not given bonuses by our publishers unless we hit Metacritic 85 or higher. And then, you know, for our awards nights to just gloss over us in exchange for, like, Mountain Dew. It just, it bothers me. It bothers me a lot how a guy like Jeff Keighley, who's been involved in the games industry for ages and is well-respected in the games industry as a, a leading media figure, could make the executive decision to limit any developer presence maybe 20 minutes out of a three-hour event that's supposed to be dedicated to games just really strange to me i i have zero background in game development uh or graphic design or anything like that besides like my own doing so as far as a developer goes i have no idea what goes into your guys's daily life pain <laughs> i couldn't fathom making an entire game that lasted 10 seconds let alone three hours with that said I am not oblivious to the fact that people are going to complain and bitch about stuff because, you know, they spent money on it. You mm -hmm. know, to a degree, I agree with that notion because at the end of the day, if you're going to offer a service, right, and you're going to say, I, we're going to provide you this and you're going to pay for this and you don't supply me with that exact thing that I'm paying for, you were dishonest to me. The reason behind it to a consumer doesn't matter. You know, look what happened with Cyberpunk, right, when that game came out. CD Projekt Red. That was a dumpster fire. That game was like it, it, it was garbage to, to say the least. It had so many bugs, so many issues, so many problems that like why do you even release Still a really pretty game though? The DLC is amazing. People are ranting and raving about it. The game score right now is the best it's ever been. Why didn't you release this at launch? And the reason why, and I don't think it comes down to the developer, I think it comes down to, and again, this is the outside point of view, it comes down to the marketing and it comes down to the people, you know, who are making the money off it, the shareholders. They knew that people were hype about it, they were going to buy it. And the same thing happened at the game show. Why spend that much time talking about the developers when you can talk about the next one, or you can talk about the new game that that group is coming out with, or, oh, people know this name, let's have them talk on stage for 15 minutes or whatever. So you're right, the developers don't get the time of day, and it's strategic, in my opinion, for, for, from a marketing standpoint. Oh, yeah, it's it's all about money. Yeah. So Alana Pierce, who is uh, another media streamer type, she was saying in her YouTube video yesterday that Reggie fils was sitting right in front of her at the Game Awards. 
and he used to be president of Nintendo and well-recognized presence if he were to come out and give Game of the Year, but they got Timothy Chalamet instead because Hollywood actor. What the fuck? What? Yeah. Wait, what? Oh my god. I missed all that because I was raiding. <laughs> no, I was, um, when I started gaming, I muted it. Oh my god, that's insane. I, I actually, I, I made a, a tweet about this, and I had a large conversation with a friend of mine who who is in the video game world the other day. Game companies, not the developers, because I, I would like to think the developers really do care about the quality of the game they're putting out, but... Activision or Blizzard or Bungie or Ubisoft, with the exception of Mark, um, they they only care about the metrics and the shareholder value. The bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Modern Warfare, for example, right? This game is amazing. I love it personally. I think it's great, except for the fact of they are forcing you to be in the game longer. They want you to grind more. They want you to do more. They're making things harder to achieve. If there's a bug, it takes a little bit to fix it. The developers aren't, again, this is from my perspective, the developers aren't told to fix the game-breaking bugs as quickly as they are told to fix the XP patches. You you can have a bug where you're falling through the ground at a certain spawn, and then there's a bug where more XP is being given, which is going to be fixed first. I can tell you exactly what's going on there is that, and they're not the only instance of this, even historically, but the QA teams are basically being pushed aside in exchange for, you know, what's going to bring in the most revenue the most quickly. And game-breaking bugs are not generally the issue, prevents people from spending money in a game, oddly enough. So you can have the QA team jumping and screaming for ages about like hey we have this bug in here and we got to get this fixed up and they are told go screw you don't know what you're talking about you don't know how to make a game you're you know 16 20 years old no nobody cares what you have to say you have studios basically laying off their entire QA teams lately thinking oh we don't need them you know we can run QA through AI or whatever yeah we'll just run you know playtest groups once in a while and it's really not the same as having somebody for hours every single day scrutinizing every single system and how those systems interact with all the other systems in your game they are really like your frontline players who will be able to understand every single nuance and meaning behind every design choice in your game and make sure that it's actually fun to play and they're given absolutely no respect in the industry it is sad to see yeah, it is quite unfortunate. To the same point, it's like, you know, it's not not just the game-breaking bugs that I'm referring to. It's it's the fact of, like, the new armory system in COD, right? Like, oh, you just spent all this time unlocking the gun? Well, now you got to complete daily challenges to unlock this attachment to or use it. Or you have it. to finish another gun. Or, or, or you have to finish another gun to get that attachment to use on this gun. It's always reasons to get you to continue playing it. And then, like, there's other games out there that's like, oh, you want to play this solo? It's too hard. You're going to need someone to play with you. And it's to boost the amount of people playing it and the amount of time that's being spent. Time and money. Yeah. And it's sort of a gotcha technique. Destiny's king at it. (laughs) (laughs) Destiny does it a lot. Japanese mobile games do it a lot. Where So, like, I used to play uh, Mega Man X Dive before the offline version came out. And so they would do this thing in the story where it's like you would play through, you know, a chapter of the story... 
And then in order to progress, you have to go back and play previous chapters on hard mode and finish those up. And then you could continue the story in normal mode. And then you'd have to go back and do hard mode. And like on, on the one hand, that's one way to like get better at the game. But then on the other hand, it's like, yeah, but I just want to keep playing yeah. and play through and you're you know, putting up sort of artificial roadblocks that don't necessarily need to be there. I agree. But, but you know, back to the, to the game awards, it's like, if you're not a game developer and you have a platform, you know, the, the, uh, who was it? Action Man the other day said all that crap and like just absolute hate and his response was, I have a platform you don't. Yet, oh, I saw that. He had a point. He does have a platform and I don't. So why use your platform for hate? And the the same thing goes for uh, the guy who um who who voices Kratos when he said that thing about COD. Why? why? Why are you up there throwing shade? Right. Like, as, as a community, we understand that the, that the campaign mode this year sucked. Right. It was too short. It was not immersive. I haven't even beaten it yet because I just don't care. And I'm mostly a campaign player. But why use your platform to say something that everyone already knows? Was it for clout? Because now you're getting more hate. But at the same time, negative talk is still someone talking about you. It, it did kind of feel like all the Hollywood celebrities who got up there this year were just chasing clout. Um, you yeah, got Christopher exactly. Judge throwing shade at Call of Duty. You got Simu Liu being like, I used to play StarCraft, guys. Look at my broken foot. And then you've got <laughs> Timothy Chalamet being like, I made money on Twitch by painting Xbox controllers. What's up? No, it's totally crazy to like hear that. I didn't get to watch it because I was rating, but like I just assumed that it was an awards show. I didn't realize that they were announcing a bunch of things. Like I got started getting messages about like DLC and new games coming out and all this stuff. It was a really weird experience while I was rating because I was just waiting to hear who won best of everything or who was game of the year and not all this stuff and now listening to you guys talk about these celebrities being up there like I wouldn't have expected that like that's I don't know they really need to split the show they need to reel up. it back in yeah, they, yeah. they need to split the show up into <laughs> the winter games fest for all the game announcements and then run the game awards like an award show and yeah. keep it to relevant people even if they're you know, less recognizable. Right, and I get that they probably want to pull people in that aren't just gamers, aren't just nerds, and whatever you want to label that as, uh, which I'm very proud to be all of that, but that's just too far, I think. Like, why not have somebody that is actually involved with that? Like, you said the Nintendo guy that was sitting there in the yeah. audience. Like, he could have easily been up there, and, like, people could have been hyped about that, and somebody that didn't know who he was could have been like, oh my god, who is that? And then starting to learn more about video games and the companies that run them instead of Timothy. <laughs> right. There are a lot of people from the games industry that people will recognize. You know, Hideo Kojima, for one, is always on stage because he's good friends with Jeff Keighley, so he always has, like, a VIP invitation. Reggie fils attends every year. You've got... You're saying these names so well, by the way. Oh, I... I mean, because I know half of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would butcher them. <laughs> There are semi-celebrities. They're not the biggest celebrities on the planet, but there are semi-celebrities in games that could come up on stage. But the sponsors probably force them to be like, nope, you need actors, so find Hollywood actors that you can bring on stage. So instead of anybody actually involved in game development being on stage, they find celebrities who happen to have played StarCraft or done a voice in a game previously rather than... Mike Chapman from Rare or Reggie or 
uh, Shigeru Miyamoto or anybody recognizable from the games industry that the gamers would love to see coming on stage and presenting these awards. And to me, it's like, you guys already have your times to shine. You have the Oscars, you have the Golden Globes, you have the Emmys. Stay in your lane and, and let us have our night? Yeah. Is that so much to ask? Well, considering, like, Timothy Chalamet is, like, an actor, he literally has his own night. Yeah. Yeah. The Oscars. He has yep. many nights. Yep. Is this, like, them trying to show boobies? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Like, they pull their card of, oh, here's a celebrity. Like, we're going to, like, up our viewership. Like, more people are going to watch this. Like, people showing their boobs. Mm -hmm. So, with all this talk of, <laughs> of uh, actors coming up on stage, I do want to share a caveat. Because I'm big on balance, right? There was mm -hmm. one actor who came up on stage. I can't even call him an actor. Because he, do, he do, does more than that. He's a voice actor. He creates skits. He's uh, He creates movies. He's a director. Jordan Peele. When, oh. when he came up on stage... And was talking to uh, Kojima or, or whatever his name is. Hideo. It almost looks like they're remaking PT together. Yeah. But when he came up and gave that speech, you could tell that he is a, like, he's not a game developer. And he never claimed to be. He right. is someone who, who genuinely enjoys video games. And he had nothing but good to say. And it actually made me hype for the game coming out. And for the developer and for the studio and whatnot creating it. And I think that's how it should have been handled, right? Because... He, and at no point did he claim to be a voice actor for a game. He said, I'm collaborating on this with this amazing group of Aww. developers. And yep. and like he, he gave all of the praise to them while saying, I'm collaborating it. So yeah, there was the clout factor there. But he deserves the clout because he is an amazing person who stands up for his community and creates amazing movies and crew amazing skits and has amazing rhetoric. And he like I actually thoroughly enjoyed and when he spoke. Key and Peel is one of my favorite sketch comedy shows of all time. So yeah. like, I definitely respect the man. And I I respect the approach of he wasn't coming out and trying to take credit for the game. He came out to be working with Hideo Kojima, who happens yeah. to be good friends with Jeff Keighley. That connection there allowed those two to come out together. It's like a really graceful way to do that. But then you look at Christopher Judge. He, you know, has not come out with any of the God of War development team in the last two years. Yeah. And, and that to me is a little weird. It almost feels like he's taking credit for God of War. Yes. And and not even David Jaffe has been invited. He has what I like to call the frontman syndrome, where it's like you have... What, what's a band that I could think of that doesn't necessarily have this? Pull it for my role. <laughs> no, let, let's go with uh, Bring Me the Horizon, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you guys listen to them, but they're, they're a pretty big UK heavy metal band. And everybody yeah. knows their lead vocalist, Ali Sykes. Nobody knows... Anyone else from the band by Ice name? Ice Nine Kills, Spencer Charnas. Or Ice Nine Kills, Spencer, Spencer Charnas. He's a big horror metal vocalist. He's the one that's in everything. Yeah. Not the whole it's band. Like, you have a whole group of people behind you, but everyone only knows this one face because they're the vocalist or they're the, you know, the hottest one in the band, right? right? And it, it's the same thing that's <laughs> happening with, with, with Kratos. It's like, oh, everyone knows this iconic voice. So. That just mean that must mean that I am the most important person, and I think that's you know maybe that's not what they're maybe that's not the case, but that's what was portrayed to me at least by him coming up there and being like, oh, this is who I am. Yeah, a little bit, and then meanwhile, conversely, I don't know if you saw Poets of the Falls performance. I did not. Okay, well, you probably saw them as old gods of Asgard up there, probably playing their song from Alan Wake Two. And they they put on this whole theatrical performance with it, and it was fantastic. I think I watched that. 
And then toward the end of it, Sam Lake, the designer of Alan Wake and Max Payne, comes up on stage and dances with them as well. And Poets of the Fall is this incredible like Finnish rock band that I've mentioned on the podcast before. I've been a huge fan of them since college, but they'd never tour America. So it was exciting to see them come up and really exciting to see Sam Lake like sneak his way into that dance number as well because he probably got the most time on stage of any lead game designer for the entire night yeah and he was just dancing and he was just dancing it's it's really (laughs) weird to think about how like the game awards just doesn't respect the art form that it's supposed to be acknowledged it doesn't honor the right side of it all. yeah it's really yeah. not honoring the right side of it you know it, it's giving a whole lot more attention to the actors who you know come in for a day or a week on a game yeah to record some voice rather than the artists and programmers and and sound designers and composers who spent I've spent years years toiling on this art I, I, I so i only watched bits and pieces of it sam watched more so maybe there's more than just this one but there's only one instance where I could think of, of a game developer or an owner of a whatever came up there and like talked about their game. And it actually kind of got me in the feels, maybe because of Sam's situation with her dad. The guy about the dad. But, but the guy who came up and was talking about the game that they, that they created, that his dad unfortunately passed away. So this game is like, you know, in, in honor of him. And it looks really good. It's like Spyro-esque, but it's like... You know, you could tell the guy really wanted to go into, like, African culture because of his heritage and whatnot. And the game looks really good. And the story from even the trailer looks really good. But they gave him the time to talk about his story, talk about how the game came to be, talk about his unfortunate passing of his father. And then they showed the trailer. And it was a full-length trailer. And I can't remember the name of the game, and I feel bad for it, but it looks really good. It's me goosebumps. And it, like, I was. I almost started crying. I was really happy to see that come up there. And I'm actually, I'm thinking about buying the game, even though I don't typically like that style of game animation. The story behind it captured me. And I'm gonna, I'm, I'm really contemplating picking up and playing it now. Because it Mm. just, it, like, they gave it the time it deserved. And I think that if they did more of that for more games, and didn't just put this whole topic's point of, you know, the people who are actors and, you know, stuff like that up. I think that, you know, more games would sell. <laughs> and yeah. more people would be more hyped Yeah, or people it. would be more invested in them. I think more people would be excited for games. And the game the game awards would be back to what it needed. They need to take focus. And yes, they need to bring focus to developers. But maybe bring focus back to the game itself instead of the people who are voice acting as well. Yeah. Like why it's made and what people go through to yeah, make the, it. Yeah, like the, and... the story behind it. Yeah, the passion, the passion that builds it. Man, that's such a hot topic. It's funny, Scoopy, whenever I was looking at all the tweets about like who won and like who were up for awards but didn't win any, I was kind of giggling at Spider-Man. Because what, Spider-Man was up for like six awards and didn't win any? I giggled a little bit at Spider-Man and I definitely giggled at Starfield. I feel really bad for Bethesda. Yeah. They keep biting off a lot more than Spider-Man they deserved a lot more than it. It at least deserved something. Yes. Instead of Spider-Man nothing. deserved yeah. at, at least graphics, I would say. Yeah, I actually think that should have won game of the year. And I, I saw a lot of people complaining that like it shouldn't have because all they showed was the was the cinematics and you know, they were like, You shouldn't base a game of a year by the cinematics and I agree. The gameplay looked better, in my opinion. Uh, but then again, I'm also not the type of player who's going to play Baldur's Gate. So that's not my type of game. 
Well, remember, the winners of the awards are picked by the internet for the most part. Yeah. I think it's weighted, but I, I think Baldur's Gate also got like 90% of the Game of the Year vote from the internet. So there's yeah. no way to, to weight that in anybody else's favor. No, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not complaining that, that they shouldn't have won 100. Like, you know, that game captivated anyone who enjoyed it. it just wasn't my type of game. So yeah. I just, <laughs> just really enjoyed Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed Spider-Man. I didn't play it. I watched him play it. <laughs> like, he would be... I would be at work and he would start streaming. I'm like, wait for me! I can't watch! <laughs> that that name of that game that I was talking about, by the way, is from Surgent Studios. It's called Tales of Kenzera. Zell. Oh, yeah. It's, it's really it's good. It's heartfelt. It, it's, you, you can tell the guy cares. Huh. And I, he I, was I, more of a voice actor than anything else, but because of his father passing, he um it was different. Huh. That's the name of the game that you just sent us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tales cool. of Kinzera. Yeah. yeah. It looks really good. It definitely has like that hollow front or Spyro or, you know, old Mario and stuff like that, like that type of animation style to it. I'm not entirely sure what you consider that. Like the story looks cool. I remember seeing a poster for it now that I see that name. It's really colorful. Very colorful. Oh man. That was a great topic. Yeah. yeah. All these topics um, have been great. <laughs> And with that, I think we have to pretty much call it a show at this point. We kind of do. We do like to kind of wrap things up with a group photo, if you guys don't mind indulging with us. And also, I would love to ask you guys if you have any suggestions for us, since you've been hanging out with us today and on our podcast and know what we've been doing. We would love to hear if you have any recommendations for us to kind of adjust and change things. Did you guys say that you try to use the same topics like that, that list? They're the same every week. They're not the same, same. So we have a list of like eight topics that the guests can pick from. And uh, we, we try to let them pick four for us. To go okay. Through. So I don't know how you guys feel, but so I, I read all the topics and I think they're great. However, I think that at least convert conversely, like talking to you guys, I think the fact that we went off tangent so much and, like, talked about one specific topic but, like, brought in other ones, I think that, like, maybe having an idea of the general gist of what you want the show to be about mm-hmm. going forward might bring in more natural conversation and you might be able to touch topics that you didn't even think of. Yeah, I definitely Which is what agree. I feel like happened today, which is really cool. Because <laughs> I really enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun just kind of shooting the shit to the point the good and the bad like people were shitty but also people were really nice yeah stuff like that thank you for that i appreciate that advice and that suggestion i really really do sam do you have anything no guys i appreciate you so much for being on here with us well this was Uh, hella fun yeah I, i i enjoyed this yeah thank you guys for hanging out with us i'm gonna shall i wrap us up yeah, why don't you wrap us up? Thank you guys for tuning in. This was Gamers and Hot Tubs Talking Nerd Life, episode three with Mama Samurai and Scoopy Twos. You can find both of them on kick.com slash Mama Samurai and Scoopy Twos, respectively. This is Kaylee or Bad Wolf Rose signing out. And this is Danny or Plaid Baron signing out. Have a good one, everybody. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Gamers in Hot Tubs Talking Nerd Life, part of the Hot Tub Gamers Network. To support the show or be a guest on an upcoming episode, please visit our Beacons page at beacons.ai slash hottubgamers or follow us on all social medias at hottubgamers. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review 
especially if you enjoyed your time with us in the hot tub. Thank you for listening. We'll see you soon. <laughs>